Thank you very much for staying with us. We are looking into the life that you need to adjust to if you get a disability later on in life. Now, um, my guest this afternoon is Lloyd Babedi, who is a founder of Bucks Foundation, and Dr. Franz Korb. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, uh, Dr. Franz Korb. I know I can't yes. see you, but I know that you're on the line. Lloyd, I'm thank you. Line. Thank you so <laughs> yes, much for coming you. through. Thanks, thanks. Lloyd, thank you for coming through. Thank you for having me. So let's just quickly define, Lloyd, with you, um, I mean, I, I asked you earlier, you know, is it, are we saying it right when we say late life um, disability? I mean, what is late life? Let's start there. <laughs> Through, it, it makes it a bit tricky because uh, when saying late life, um, it could be anywhere from your early teens to your early adulthood. So it's, because it's a the, bit tricky. The point is that by, by the time you're a teen, you kind of, know the world around you you've accustomed True. yourself to how you've been doing things so anything that's going to disrupt that is a major disruption True, True yes. you 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 were disabled at 16 at 16 yes what happened i was born with a c-shaped spine so okay. i used to take a lot of painkillers because i couldn't sit up straight mm -hmm. and at the age of 15 i just couldn't take the pain anymore um i went to the hospital mm -hmm for an x-ray and they said that I needed to have a back operation to try and release the pressure on my spine. Okay. When the op was done, yes. there were issues whereby they only had to straighten up my spine, yeah. but they took out part of my lower spine and they replaced it with metal rods, okay. so which damaged my lower back and some of my nerves as well. Were you aware that was going to happen? That was going to be the consequence of what you attempted to fix? Not at all, not at all. The only thing that I was told with the initial assessment was that the moment they do the operation, it's going to ensure that I have less pain. So I don't need to always be taking painkillers. But with what I was told, there was nothing that I, that included taking out oh. a part of my spine. So oh my gosh. it was something that I found out only after. And honestly speaking, there was there was nothing I could do to even try and fight it or, or change it. So ultimately, like many people at yeah. that point in your life, that was a shock. This was not something that you were, I mean, you, you had no idea you're going to be disabled. True, true. So when that happens, as you said, you know, after the fact, I mean, with you, it's kind of two, two, two issues here. Yes. Number one. I don't know anything about a C-spine, but it probably could have been prevented had somebody helped you and directed you in the right direction, or you would have at least had the choice of yes. knowing what would have been the consequence of the operation. True, yes. So, in other words, it's human error. That's number one. Definitely, yes. And human error that affects your entire life. What, what happens to you at that point? How do you then feel about someone having done something like this that will alter your entire life? It was difficult for me. Honestly speaking, I secluded myself from socializing. I lost my confidence. Mm. I even tried committing suicide at, at one stage in my life. But I think also <clears throat> another thing that taught me to end up becoming the person I am today mm. was my dad because he was my biggest motivation and he actually showed me that in life everything happens for a reason so instead of me looking at it as a factor of that it was a human error but rather look at it that 
God so that I fulfilled my purpose as an able-bodied person. So now it's time for me to fulfill my purpose as a person with a disability. And that actually shifted my mindset a lot. Let me bring in uh, Dr. Franz Korb now because, I mean, I, I like what uh, Lloyd is saying now, but how many patients get to that point and how long does it take? I'm sure you've seen many people who feel disillusioned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, going through a, a, a severe traumatic experience like uh, if Lloyd is going through, or there are lots of emotions that goes through a person. One, one goes through a whole kind of series of emotions when that happens, and I'm sure you can recognize some of them. You know, when uh, one goes through, and I think Kubler-Ross was the one that described the best, you know, the stages of, of grief one goes through, mm-hmm. loss. And what he's talking about here is a, a loss of functioning, and that is what disability is all about, is a loss of functioning. And, you know, one goes through that first kind of phase, which we call denial, which is like, can this happen to me? Has this happened to me? What could I have done differently um, to, to perhaps avoid this? Should I have consulted somebody else? Should I have agreed to go for the surgery? Mm. You know, all those kind of things. So it's part of the denial and, and then, then also the kind of rationalization that, that one can say. And, and I think the next, yeah. Yeah, go, go ahead, Doc. Yeah. And I think the next phase that one kind of goes through is that kind of anger phase. Why yeah. me? It's not fair. Yeah. Why has life done this to me? Um, sometimes there's blame, sometimes all of those kind of things. And then perhaps, you know, the final stages, you go through depression, mm-hmm. where Floyd says that, you know, that, that he even got to the point of suicide and that he wanted to commit suicide, that desperate depression kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. But then ultimately one needs to get to the point psychologically of acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, where you feel... This has happened to me. Let us become positive. Let's become optimistic. Let us make the best of life. So it's kind of the psychological phases that one goes through after a traumatic event like this. I'm going to open the lines, Doc, because I think this if if anyone has just maybe gotten into the situation, it must be yes. dark. It must be really, yes. really dark where you really don't know where to turn. You you, you don't yes. know people maybe who are. And the thing about us as humans, right, you keep the company that reflects you. So you may not know anybody yeah. who's disabled. Yeah. So 0891 Lloyd, of all the emotions that Dr. Corp just spoke about, which one was the most prominent? I, I probably would have been more angry. True. The Amazingly enough, there was anger, but I believe it was more depression than yeah. with the anger. Because yes. irregardless of being angry at the human error, mm. the biggest problem for me was that I had dreams, I had goals. And oh. hearing people always now saying, you won't be able to do this because now you have a disability. That shattered me. And I always thought that I'd, at the current moment, I, I'm a DJ. Mm. And I always used to think now my dreams of becoming a DJ have ended because I've got this disability. But, you know, after a very long time of trying to accept and trying to realize that is there actually a purpose for living, I, I actually found out that with a disability, as hard as it is getting it at a later stage in life, mm. you need to look at it from a perspective of 
I'm not actually disabled, mm. but I just need to find an option of doing things differently, mm-hmm. but I can still do everything. All right, let's take those yeah. calls. 891 We'll take those calls after the break. Just your experiences, and perhaps you are really dealing with the difficulty of acceptance at this point. Uh, Dr. Corb is on the line with us, and uh, we've got Lloyd Babedi, who is also here, you know, just as opposed to, to, to help and share their stories. And uh, Doc is also here to help support us suppose if you need that kind of help SAFM leading the conversation call Pimelo Mutine now we're discussing what we're calling late life disability and you know we we trying to categorize it as late life but late life could mean anything it means that you were not born with a disability and suddenly you've had to reckon with what has just happened to you and that takes adjusting that is very very difficult my guest this afternoon Lloyd Babedi uh, who himself is disabled uh, was disabled at 16 because of human error at the hospital I cannot believe I mean I, I, I just chills on my spine when I think of how I would have possibly managed that situation. I don't know if I would have managed the situation. Dr. Yeah. Franz Korb is, is on the line as well with us yeah. To, yeah. to help us navigate, you know, the difficulties of this and, and acceptance. You know, Lloyd, uh, Dr. Korb spoke about acceptance. It, when did you accept that this is it now? Um, I can say I officially accepted that I'm going to live the rest of my life with a disability in the year 2007. So that was... How many years later is that? six years later. Wow. So that was when I officially decided that I'm going to have a disability. I either need to make the best of my life or I can just watch it go down. For someone who's listening now, who's going through what you're going through, I, I want to know what you would have liked to hear in that position. When I was in that position, the one thing that I think, although I I knew it, but I still would have loved to, to, to hear it from people, it's that um, disability is not inability. Mm. It's just a mindset. And if I had people telling me that from day one when I acquired this disability, I think it would have been easier for me to accept the situation and start looking for options and alternatives on how can I live my life and actually move forward as well. Yeah. Can I also just... uh, Yes, yes, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, you know, I I think I I really like what Lloyd is saying now. And and what I really like in in recent uh, people, listening to people working with, with disability is moving away from that word disability because that's such a negative term and they use the term differently abled mm. and and i really enjoy that word because we are all able people whether you can walk or not walk it is just that some people with a disability are actually just differently abled so you know and and that just makes it a much more positive statement than just a negative statement that you know disabled mean you can't do anything and that is that's total nonsense because people with a disability can do so much um I mean, I, I, I hear yeah. exactly what you're saying. It makes perfect sense because I think often we also don't know. Yeah. We don't know uh, what's the appropriate language. We don't know how to engage. Yeah. And, yeah. and there is yeah. A, yeah. There's a there's a sense of fear. I must be honest, Dr. Corbett, people don't know what they don't know. So they are afraid to engage. You know, they, they yeah. kind of isolate because it's too difficult to engage. 
That's right. Yeah, and I think that that is the main thing is that when people get in touch with with differently abled people, disabled people, it's almost that it triggers that kind of psychological uh, thoughts in your mind. You know, what will happen if I was in this situation? What mm-hmm. will happen if I was in a wheelchair? What will happen if I was blind or if I couldn't hear and, and that kind of thing? And it's almost that kind of fear of, if I'm in that situation, will I be able to cope? Mm. That makes us treat people with, with um, disabilities different. Lloyd, what would make your life better now? What is it that you wish we knew that we don't know about uh, differently abled people? There's a lot that I wish people didn't know. Um, there's a lot. Um, but I can say for me, um, the, 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 the most important thing, it's at, at the beginning, there's always that stigma. So yeah. I'd say um, the one thing that people should know and actually always look forward to is that a person with a disability is still a person. And um, yeah. just to add on to that, mm-hmm. um, the reason I, I'm saying that mm-hmm. is because me, myself, I am an advocate for people with disabilities mm-hmm. where me and my friends have got a foundation mm-hmm. where we fight for social inclusion mm-hmm. for people with yes. disabilities because there is no way that a person can learn or know about disability without engaging with us. Mm-hmm. So the only way it's for a person to be able to, to engage with us it won't kill a person just to say hi, mm-hmm. even if you're yeah. scared or you, you're curious, just to say hi. You know, that opens up doors to a conversation that can mm-hmm. even end up to you being knowledgeable about the kind of disability yes. and the yeah. kind of challenges that that specific person has. And so you just want people to engage differently. Yes. And yeah. I mean, you you hear that and I, I had never thought um, that that would make such a difference. But when I'm listening to Lloyd, I'm thinking, you make such a good point. Peep, but do you also understand, people are afraid. True. Does does that make sense to you? It, it does make sense because um, I've learned that um, every human being, whether you have a disability or not, you're always afraid of the unknown. Mm. So I, I do mm-hmm. take that into account as well. Yeah. Knowing what we now know, and you've taught us something today to yes. say, engage with us. Um, you know, interact with us. You will maybe understand us a little bit better. Um, When we do engage with people who are differently abled, what's the best way to engage? And I ask you this because I've often heard a differently abled person say, don't feel pity. Don't try and, you know, tiptoe around me and do things for me. Just engage with me. Is that correct? That is true. That is true. Um, the form of engagement mm. uh, firstly when, when you approach me approach me as you're seeing beyond the disability mm. if for example you would um, scream at an able-bodied person when you <laughs> see them from a distance do that with me make me feel like uh, you don't see anything different or anything wrong with me mm. because the moment when you look at me and you see my crutches before me mm. i can see that and anything that you will say after that it will not make any sense or have any value in my life. And I will not yeah. see a point of actually giving you the knowledge that I would have loved to.
Sure. Thanks very much, Dr. Franz Kopp. Yeah. Thanks for taking part in this conversation. Lloyd Babedi, you've opened our eyes. Thank you. We we hope that you're going to be com- coming back Definitely. and talking with us some more about your yeah. differently abled um, uh, experiences and so on so that you can all, you know, we can all share in understanding a little bit better as we go along. Thanks both gentlemen for, for, for coming on on the show. Thank you. Thank for you. Thank two you o'clock. Very much. Let's go to is um it's two o'clock now. Let's get the very latest uh, in uh, the news with Utila Sako.